Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. Hey, welcome everybody to Under the Hood Podcast, where we are talking about our faith, family, and ministry. And let me tell you, we are thrilled that you have taken a little bit of time out of your day to come hang out with us. Um, now, I love talking about faith, family, ministry with my wife, Kirsten. Oh, you're too kind. Sometimes we don't know when to turn it on or turn it off. Sometimes it's just our life. This is kind it of a kind of goes. All this is together. kind of a carryover of an ongoing conversation that is happening between us all the time. And I'm glad that we get to share a little bit uh, with you as we pop the hood of uh, of our lives and of New Life Christian Church and kind of give you a behind the scenes look at um, ministry from our our perspective. And anyway, so welcome. Glad to have you. So speaking of behind the scenes. I heard that you printed off the wrong sermon this last weekend, and you almost walked up to the stage with it. This is true. So how did that happen, and what would you have done if you did (laughs) bring the wrong message up on stage? Well, a sermon would have been preached. It would have happened. (laughs) Wait, are you saying that you wouldn't have like, wait, hold on, folks, hold on. I have the wrong message. I need to run back to my office and get the right one. Nope. You would have just gone with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean. You have enough of it memorized that you could have just tossed the one that you had in front of you. I believe that the Holy Spirit would have given me, <laughs> it would have helped me recall. You know, the Lord says that, you know, that the Lord will put the words in our mouth when we need it. And so, no, but what happened was I was, um, every, every, when we, when we come together to, to do a service, we always have a team of people that are involved in that service. You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes things. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the important aspects of the service is to make sure that I'm on the same page with um, the person who's doing our computer that day, who's running all the presentation software. And um, and I need I always, before every sermon, I just make sure that that person and I are on the same page. And so I print them a copy of my sermon and there's a way, there's a rhythm we have here with our tech team and our volunteers. They, they get your notes ahead of time. They, Those yeah. are already in the computer beforehand. The, all of it's built way so ahead of time. You're just dealing with a volunteer. Dealing with a volunteer who's who's there advancing the slides and and responsible for timing. You know, some of the graphics or videos or sermon notes are are very dependent on the right time that that person and I are synced up. So before I preach, I always sit down with that individual um, who's volunteering for that role, and I just go over my notes with them, and I give them a heads up. I said, hey, don't don't show this picture until I say this, or I will cue you for this. Anyway, so I printed off my sermon, and um, you know, on my computer, I had several sermons open at once. You know, I, you know, uh, I think on I think on Sunday I had. <laughs> you just were like, oh, I wonder what. No, I think I had every. Weekend. I think I had every sermon from this whole series on my uh, that was had opened up already that I had already written for this series. So there's three of them and um, two of them, and I had some other sermons. But anyway, I printed off the wrong one, and so as I'm sitting down with that person before church started. I'm going, wait, nothing's making sense here. Wait, nothing's like, wait a minute. I, I'm giving you the wrong sermon. Well, so I always print off two copies. I give one to that individual and then I put the other one in my preaching folder and I take that to the pulpit with me. So <laughs> had, now it's my normal routine that I always meet with that person ahead of time. Right. But there are occasions where it doesn't happen and and I depend on other people and our tech team to, to, to hey, you need to pass this on and 
So what could have potentially happened is if this was one of those Sundays that I did not meet with the computer person before, um, there's a really good chance I'd have put that copy of the notes in my binder and walked right up to the pulpit without looking at it. And that would this was actually Saturday night that this happened. So it would, I mean, Saturday is where it potentially would have happened. So because once it's in the binder on Saturday night, it stays in the binder all the way through all the services on Sunday. So, but no, I, it, <laughs> I had a good laugh about it, but then walking back to my office to print off the correct sermon. You were like, oh man. Oh man, that was. Dodged a bullet. That was like the safety line of not, and it's never happened before. I've never taken the wrong sermon to the pulpit. But yeah, if, if that would have happened, I think if I'd have walked up there to preach and I opened my binder and realized that I had the wrong sermon, I'm not sure I would have ever made light. I mean, I would not think I'd have made it known. I, I mean, I know what I'm preaching about. I, I would have known. I mean, <laughs> I would have known. <laughs> I mean, I would have grabbed my Bible and I knew what scriptures I was using. And of course I had all the prompts on the slides. So I, even if I didn't have any notes at all, I, as the slides would have been like, let's see what we got next. Yeah. yeah, yeah why, that one go ahead That's and advance that next slide. Let's, let's see what comes up next. That one together. <laughs> So I would have been something like, so we're going to look at the first verse of Joshua chapter two. Like I could have gotten through all the introduction and stuff without my notes. Yeah. And then when you get to the body of the the sermon, I mean, I, well, I because people we've said this before, but you're a manuscript preacher. So you, I am. you write it out like it is a, a book, like it's going to go get published. You write it out pretty much word for word. So you're you're leaving everything behind and then having to go for memory, which you've practiced it several times and you wrote it yourself. So you know what is in it, but I mean, this is very true. I mean, I I know what I'm trying to communicate that day. I know what scripture I'm using to support it. And I know what uh, extra things, pictures, videos to help support that idea. I know what I'm trying to communicate. So I can tell you with confidence, whether I had my notes or not, it may have come out differently than how I had prepared, oh, but I would know. have gotten the point across. Here's the deal. This is what I've heard several times. He has said, we all have probably experienced when he doesn't have a joke written in his message and he decides to pull one out and try and share a joke and it like really falls short. You know, it was not written in his in his message. And I think we just talked about it in our last podcast, didn't we? We were talking about how launching a church is like having a baby. And I knew what I was trying. And how it really fell short because you didn't have it written down. So people, I can tell when you don't have something and you kind of, what we would say, like go off the cuff and you're like, you're like, well, I'm going to start sharing this. And you like share something that's not necessarily prepared. And we, we, this sometimes is true. we can all tell very, very rarely we jokingly say go off script. And I don't mean to say it like that, but it means going away from what I prepared and, and, and the Holy spirit is with him when he some, prepares the Holy spirit is with him when he shares it. Sometimes in the notes, I'll just put a note in there and say, Hey, tell the story about, right. But most of the time here, I'm revealing all the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> most of the time I will sit down I'll take the time. And I will write out that illustration word for word, and I'll think through the transitional statements. I'll think through, how do I want to get into that illustration? How do I want to come out of that illustration? And there's these transitional statements that are really important. So I'll nail the transitional statements, but then I might just tell the story from memory. But what I, one of the practices I have is I write out all these illustrations because in the future, let's say a couple of years from now, 
I want to reuse that illustration. Or I'm preaching somewhere else and I want to re- I may not remember it just right or I might say it differently. I want to make sure that I understand how I use this illustration in the context of that sermon. And you don't want to tell the same joke twice. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can tell the same joke twice. But all <laughs> that to like, say Oh, I've heard this one. He said this one one time. True. But but had I gone to the pulpit with the wrong sermon, I would have just gone through the sermon in my mind, probably made mental notes of transitional phrases and, and changes. I, there might've been a little bit of this. So uh, if you look at this next slide, let's look at it together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this is what I wanted Clue you to see right now. He doesn't have any notes. <laughs> oh yes, I did. I did want to look at verse 12. That's right. Um, but That's no, awesome. it, you know, it might be a funny, I would know. I don't think I'd ever do it, but it might be kind of fun just to try it sometime. But but you'd only have a real world example of that. It's not like you can just well, pra- practice Well, that. a little behind behind the scenes, Joe came home over the weekend and told me he what he had done. And I said, what would you have done if you did that like on accident? I go, no, 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 don't tell me. I have to ask you this question on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, we can't talk about it. So no, I just, I, because I don't public speak, I don't do what you do. And I don't feel like I could do what you do. I would be really freaking out if I walked up to the stage to do any kind of speech or sermon and try and do it. No notes. It would, it might be everyone's worst nightmare. You know, I've got friends who can preach no notes. They memorize the entire thing. Now, I don't know if that's because they wrote it out manuscript. You know, one of the reasons I write out my manuscript is because I want to nail certain phrases and mm-hmm. I want to say things the right way. Word and I do smithing. believe that the spirit works in preparation mm-hmm. as much as the spirits at work in delivery. So I will I will write it all out and not just because I want to say it just right, but I want to have a record of what I said mm-hmm. and not just an audio record. We have those going back for years, but I want a record that I can go back and search that manuscript for things in the future. And so I want to, I want to know exactly how I said certain things. And so, um, but kind of what they teach in Bible college is that in your preaching classes is, is everybody is supposed to manuscript their sermons, Mm -hmm. but you're never supposed to take a manuscript to the pulpit with you. In fact, you know, you're taught. Are you breaking all the rules? Well, I don't think, honestly, I don't think there are rules. I, I don't think that the Lord set out a rule of exactly how to, to, to your best ability, present it's, the gospel. It's, yeah, it's not in the Bible of but how to preach a sermon. In the era I was coming through Bible college and seminary, they, you know, I, Dr. Shaw, who was one of my main preaching professors in seminary, one of the greatest preachers, he's in heaven now, one of the greatest preachers you'd ever hear in your life. But, but um, he would always say, don't you ever let me catch you taking that manuscript to the pulpit, you know? And But you did though, oh, yeah. even back then. Yeah, because everybody has to find their voice and their rhythm. But I take a manuscript, maybe it's a little bit of a safety net, you know, I, but the goal is the last thing I would ever want anybody to know or to, or I don't care if they know it, but I don't want them to ever think, man, he just read us something. Well, and I think and that, that's my whole point is Dr. Shaw probably wouldn't have ever known that you did bring a manuscript because your presentation does not feel like you're reading something from a manuscript. Your presentation is very much more conversational and it flows way different than what someone who does bring up a manuscript and reads. But you know what? I've gone back and listened to my sermons and I've read my manuscript while I'm preaching it. And you know, they're very different. Hmm. 
because how I write it out and how I, in my mind's eye or in my mind, how I think it's going to come out and how I practice it in the moment, it doesn't always come out the same way. And we joke about going off script. Well, sometimes it's because I'm not even, I'm going come down to the Lord, take me down a different road. Mm-hmm. Or he might bring to my mind something that I'd studied that week for that sermon that I hadn't planned on talking about, but he puts it back on my radar. And so, you know, I always want to be sensitive to what the Lord is doing in a, in a, in a sermon, but it is interesting. I will sometimes listen to a sermon that I preached and read the manuscript at the same time. And they are quite different. It is more thought for thought than it is word for word. Hmm. And, um, so I think even though the manuscripts up there with me, it's not just reading anything. It's, it's really there. If I ever get lost, I can pick up where I dropped off or I can easily get back into it. Like a lot of times I'll flip pages through my manuscript. I, I don't need to look at, I know what page I'm on. I know where I'm at in it. Um, but there are times people get, I mean, I, even you I turn two pages and you are like, wait a second. No, but I mean, sometimes I can even kind of get off on something and then, and then like, now where was I? Um, <laughs> you know what, when you preach it four times, but, but you know, what's um, interesting to me is that um, I think I've been doing this long enough at new life that I think for the bulk of the people, they kind of get my personality. Mm-hmm. And so I've found that, that our church will laugh at things that I don't know if anybody else would laugh at because there's not that connection. I do feel like I have Maybe a pretty good... laughing at you. I'm okay with that too because there's <laughs> self-depreciation humor no, works they, good. I think they, they appreciate your humor. They appreciate your personality and they do understand that and laugh more. Well, I, I, I do appreciate, I, I, for me, I, I read it like this. They are with me in mm. what I'm trying to say. And if they laugh at the things that I kind of find comical, then they're tracking with mm-hmm. me. But here's an observation. So when we launched the Highlands campus, um, the 9 a.m. service on the grand opening weekend, um, I saw plenty of familiar faces. And it seems like yeah. to me, quite a few of our um, Reardon folks that have transferred out to the Highlands campus that first weekend seemed to gravitate more to the 9 a.m. service. Mm-hmm. But there was a ton of guests there too. A lot, of, I could be wrong about this because I don't have the data right in front of me, but it seemed like the second service that was also full seemed like there was a lot more faces that I was unfamiliar with. So where first service was a blend, mm-hmm. second service on grand opening was like, I hadn't seen most of these people. And so the same jokes that hit Saturday night on grand opening weekend did not hit at all at 11 a.m. <laughs> and and I, I don't remember now what it was, but I had said something. And um, I think I said, uh, oh, it was, um, of course, this would not be, of course, what's online is a Saturday sermon. So this mm-hmm. would have been a Sunday morning at the Highlands at 11. Um, I, I threw in something that I didn't do in the other services. Um, so you told a joke. I told a joke. In the manuscript. So like when I was talking about... Um, when I was talking about how Joseph, mm-hmm. I was giving the recap of the whole Genesis Exodus story. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was talking about Joseph and how his brothers told him into slavery. And, um, and I said, uh, and then he ended up saving the world, uh, every, even his brothers. And at the end of their father's life, they come to Joseph, the brothers that had tried to kill him when he was young. Mm-hmm. And, and they were afraid that he was going to now that their dad is gone, going to take out their revenge. And they're like, don't kill me, freaky Joseph. And I said that. <laughs> See, you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said that, oh, please don't kill him. Don't kill me. Freaking Joseph. And they See, were like crickets. I wish it I would have been in there. Crickets. The cricket I'm laughing on the inside. And, but that's kind of my 
personality. <laughs> and I think our Saturday, I, I think all of our reared in people like that are normal, that kind of get my person. They would have given me a chuckle on that. And that was not in the notes, by the way. I did not type, don't kill me, freaky Joseph. <laughs> it was just something I was, as I was telling the story, I said, don't, and they come to, don't kill me, freaky Joseph. And I'm laughing, but on 11 a.m. on the launch weekend at the Highlands, dead silence. It was crickets. And I'm like, they don't know me yet. But we're yeah. going to get them there. Yeah. You know, all, you know, it was so encouraging not to change the subject here, but, but uh, now we're getting ready to do week three mm-hmm. of our, of our new Highlands mm-hmm. campus launch. And we had an incredible attendance come mm-hmm. back. I mean, I mean, the majority of the folks that joined us on grand opening, mm-hmm. which, you know, you do have, you do have family and friends and people that have come and, and they have, uh, uh, they're there to curiosity. They're there to support. Like I had family there. I know pastor Eric had family there. You take some of those people away, and then we saw a bunch more new new people coming yeah. in on week two. Yeah. The attendance was amazing. Mm-hmm. Two full services all over again. And uh, and uh, I was just, I'm amazed by what God's doing out there. But that was my thought from grand opening. <laughs> it's as I get to know. They're going to have to get to know I, I think it's safe to say there's, there's about 300 plus folks that have connected with us yeah. in the last two weeks that are brand new. To new life, and I don't know them yet. They don't know me yet, but give us time. We're gonna get them laughing at the freaky Joseph comments, and they're gonna get to it. But I think to to kind of finish this out, if I did not have my sermon notes in front of me, I would have just gone plowed right ahead as if they were there, and um, and just trusted the Lord to put the words in my mouth, and we'd have we'd have got it done. So Kirsten, um, something that. Uh, a lot of people, even at New Life, or just people that maybe don't know about you, is that one of your jobs here at New Life is you oversee all the social media activity of the church. So you you are in charge of all of that stuff. And something that you and I talk about a lot is what should and should not go on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we representing the church on social media? Um, all of that stuff. Well, and I don't obviously run anyone's personal accounts, but I run all of our our church's organizational accounts and volunteer for a few other accounts. And it's definitely something we have to stay aware of. Absolutely. So that'd be Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram. What are the other ones that, that you do? Uh, Twitter. Is well, that still it's called X Twitter? now? I think it's called X. <laughs> I don't like, know. Is that still called Twitter? Um, we, we have, um, all, I mean, several different accounts that we use. So, we, yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why we do social media here at the church is because that has become the new front door of mm-hmm. the church. You know, a few years ago, it was always like, hey, um, uh, make sure you have a great website because people are going to visit your website before they visit your church. I think that I think it's completely shifted on that. It's not that anymore. Right. People will visit your website, but they're going to check out your church first because they're going to look at all your social For media sure. stuff. So if your social media footprint puts a good first impression, mm-hmm. that's where people are looking for churches. Mm-hmm. And if it's intriguing and they feel like they get to know you, then they might also visit your website. But they're going to do those things. They're going to watch a live stream. They're going to look at your online content. They're going to look at that most of the time before they ever visit your church. Well, nothing says that a church, something's not happening at a church when their Instagram or their Facebook page hasn't had a post in a year or two. And then it's like, okay, maybe they're not real active or maybe they've kind of right. let that go by the wayside. Well, and so. whether a church has social media or not is not an indication of that's a, if that's a great church or not. That's no, no. But what it does say, I think, that if you have a very active social media presence for your church, it's like you are trying to engage people 
on a level where they would become interested in in seeing your church. Now well, we also, obviously people are on social media. Absolutely, it's a great way for us to reach people because they're going to be on it. And we're on it uh, personally. And so people are surfing through Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, um, Snapchat, whatever. And when they come across something that we've posted, um, whether it be like a sponsored ad or just one of our regular posts, it's, you know, there it says something about us. And so if that isn't a way for us to reach people, it is an avenue that we're definitely going to take. Right. And so when we ask people, hey, how'd you hear about us? And they they say social media, we're like, win-win, like that's why we're on there. That's right. When somebody visits our church because they first, you know, hunted us down through social media, that is a win for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, social media is just like with a lot of things that this can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Mm-hmm. And sadly, you could almost say that about anything in this world, that that what one person is trying to utilize for good things, other people are going to utilize for bad things. Well, obviously, we're trying to utilize it for good things to promote the church, promote um, a godly agenda. But, you know, something that Kirsten and I have spent quite a bit of time, and I would say she has probably saved me more times than I could recount of what is appropriate and what is not appropriate um, to be on social media. And... And for us that serve in the roles that we do for church, there's for us, there's extra scrutiny on that. And the staff here at New Life can tell you that that um, there are some very clear expectations about social media activity for the church. I won't get into all those right now, but there is there is an expectation. But really, I would just hang it all under the banner of above reproach mm-hmm. that that conduct on social media as a representative of New Life Christian Church must be above reproach. And and because I don't want to ever intentionally or unintentionally, I never do this intentionally, I don't ever want to give the church or Christ a black eye because of my behavior on social media because I somehow think that that my Christian life and my social media life are are not the same thing, which they are the very much the same thing. So, you know, I came across an article a while back and it registered with me because it's a lot of how I think, but the title of the article was called 15 Things Christians Should Stop Doing on Social Media. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously this is something I pay a lot of attention to. I care very much about, you know, um, not giving the church or the Lord a black eye or that our behavior is representative. And, and, um, you know, I, you know, the, the bottom line is if I post something on social media, they're automatically, if it's an opinion, mm-hmm. then they're going to automatically associate that with that's the church's point of view. Mm. And I want to be very careful with, with how we as a team represent, you know? So if like, like if um, somebody is just overly aggressive with a spe- specific political position, mm-hmm. well, people are going to associate that opinion with the church's point of view on something, whether the church has a point of view or not on that particular subject, you know, may or may not be relevant in that case. But so it's one of those things we pay attention to. We don't want to give Christ a black eye. We don't want to point people down the wrong path. And opinions are just that. They're opinions. And that's different than scripture. And it's different than a lot of things. So when I came across this article, 15 things Christians should stop doing on social media, man, my ears perked up because this is something I think a lot about. Right. And before I read some of these, I, I or share them with you. I can tell you that there are times... I get so disheartened because um, of what I see Christians posting. 
And, and some of these would be groups I'm a part of and people I know. And I'm going, man, I'm yeah. Good job getting that off your chest. That's not going to help advance the cause of Christ at all. In fact, in the long run, that might actually hurt the cause of Christ. So this article I thought was kind of interesting. Well, and in social media, it's easy to get behind the computer and you're not standing in front of a group of people. And it's easy to say things that you wouldn't normally say in a group of people. And you kind of have to sit there and go, okay, if I was surrounded by 200 of my friends right now, would I say this out loud? And would I say this to the room? Or if the person you were addressing was standing right in front of you, would you not like, it's kind of, if you don't, if you can't say it to the face, why would you say it to a million people? Potentially. And and you have to imagine I have, quite a few different friends that don't necessarily believe <laughs> how I believe <laughs> the understatement of the world. <laughs> so I have to go, how are all the ears going to hear this? And not that I'm trying to please everyone for sure, but it's a reflection of who I am and what my heart is like and what my mind is and how I, like you said, represent Christ. So Second Corinthians 520 says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, mm-hmm. you know, God making his appeal through us. We are Christ ambassador. In fact, the, the school I went to Ozark Christian College, that was our, you know, our mascot, if you will, we were ambassadors. Mm-hmm. We are Christ. We are an ambassador speaks for the king. So as a Christian, every single person who has placed their faith in Christ are speaking for Jesus when they speak. And we need to remember, it's not just when we're doing one-on-one face-to-face contact that we're an ambassador. It's in every form of communication and contact that we would have with anybody, including social media. And so, you know, the first thing they say, the first thing Christians should stop doing right now is don't be so negative. That was the very number one thing. Amen. Dude, I have seen so much negativity on social media. I sometimes have to just... And being pessimistic. Very pessimistic, very pessimistic. I can tell you, um, you can, there's a way that, and I would say Christians, I mean, they, you see something and then you just want to rant about it and you can make it sound so negative. And so that's the first thing that, that they suggest, stop or don't be so negative. Um, I, I think of the verse in Philippians 4. Verse eight, where it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such yeah. things. We I sometimes that's my boys all the time for so many different reasons about what they watch, what they see, what they do. I mean, there's just that verse encompasses so many things that um, just about how we live that needs to be recited all like I would say every day, but maybe every hour. Yeah. This is and remember on social media, this is what people are willing to share. I'm not talking about the thoughts that go through your mind that you go, okay, I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna let that thought come out of my mouth, you know, but it's being so negative. Here's their second one. Don't get caught up in every outrage wave. Which is so easy to do because obviously in our culture, in our day and age, there is something that someone wants you to, you know, pick up and, and, and fight for, but is social media the right place to do that? And, um, I, I just don't think that that's the place to do it. You know, I, I think it's, there's a time and a place. The Bible does. There are fights that. that are worth fighting. Yeah. 
But the question is, if you just if if all you're doing is spending hours upon hours on day, on social media, then then you're going to be outraged about a lot of things, and and. I think what we tend to do is we jump on everything. Maybe we haven't even thought about it until we see it on Facebook. There's a lot of people upset about it. Now I'm upset about it. And I didn't know I was upset about it until I saw it. Now I'm upset about it. And I'm jumping on this outrage <laughs> wave. And then 10 minutes later, I've moved on to the next to one. To another one. Well, one of the things that you and I have always said is we don't want people to know about what we're against. We want to know. We want people to know what we're for. And so we're for Christ. We're for family. We're for um, love yeah. and and togetherness, and so you don't just because I'm against something or that I don't like something or that I'm outraged about something does not necessarily mean that I need to throw it out there so that you understand what I'm outraged about. You know, that's I don't know if that's necessary all the time. Well, I think the question comes down to: Are we better off? raging or are we better off representing Christ in a more positive light or like, you know, I don't know. I, uh, there's plenty of things that I could, I could be outraged about, but I don't take those things to social media because where do they go? And it doesn't change anything. You know, the third one is, this is an interesting one because I think there would be a lot of difference of, I think our, our listeners would have a lot of difference of opinion on this one, but the number, the third one was don't be too partisan. Mm. Don't be too partisan. And here's what this article qualifies that at. It says, politics are important, but they are not the most important. Politics can become a serious distraction from the gospel and the Great Commission. And I think where they're going with that is, is that, and I think this is something you, that all of us here at New Life have, have chatted about offline many a times, mm-hmm. is that Sometimes faith, well, I would say more than sometimes, especially on social media, faith and politics get jumbled together into the very same conversation and faith and politics are not the same conversation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so as a Christian, you know, I think it's something we have to be very careful with, very careful with being so overtly whatever i think i mean what are you making bold strong statements that god wants us to dot 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 if it's not in the bible whoa slow your roll there well if so i'm not saying you can't do those things i mean but but if somebody's going to scroll through your social media account and they just see a steady stream of hard i mean hard i mean i'm not going to say hard line because i'm hard line on a lot of things but i mean they're seeing this are they thinking about you more connected to a political party? Or are they thinking you more connected with the church and with Christ? I think that's the filter there. I mean, are, are, are some, is somebody viewing your stuff going, well, that's a staunch Republican mm-hmm. or that's a, that's mm-hmm. a staunch Democrat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are they identifying you more with a party or are they identifying you more with Christ? I think, I think that's, it's at least worth thinking about weighing on i think that's important number four don't use crude memes and i (laughs) i love the fact that if you wouldn't say a dirty joke to your family or to your friends or in public then you shouldn't share that can we share a dirty joke with our wives (laughs) (laughs) don't answer that america under the hood well i think every husband and wife can speak to each other a certain way that would never, <laughs> never enter the public arena. I think having two sons, it's important to have an example on our social media page as well as in public 
that what we wouldn't share out in public, we have to be really careful because it can be taken out of context. It could also be just taken that misrepresent who you are. So, um, everybody's filter is different and everybody draws the line in a different place. And so what is a crude meme to you and me may not be a crude meme to somebody else. Um, so there, I think we've lost some morality there, you know, in our culture though, too. Well, and that's the dangerous thing that we become very comfortable with crude jokes. Well, and I, I would agree with that. I've, I've said this for many years that, um, what many Christians today find acceptable and put up with would cause our grandparents to roll over in their for graves. Sure that we'd find such things funny and acceptable. And as the culture has shifted away from further away from morality, mm-hmm. the church in general tends to, to, to shift with the world. And that's a sad thing where the church was always supposed to be anchored tough about, you know, for God things. But what has happened is that the church in general and Christians have shifted right along with the church where we're still in a position where we could say, well, I'm still better than my unbelieving friend. But I've shifted so far from where the church was 50 years ago. We can still say and feel good about, well, I'm still better than so-and-so, but I'm far drifted away. So I think coming back to this, crude memes, I think people would have a hard time defining what crude is. And I think everybody's crude is different. But I would encourage people with this. If there is any chance whatsoever that anybody might think negatively about Christ or Christianity or you as a follower of Jesus because you posted something that was borderline or crude, don't do it. Well, not even posting it. I mean, this article even goes as far as saying, don't like them, don't share them. You can see a lot of times what your friends share. Well, obviously what they share, but even what they click like on, like, ha ha, I thought that, or, you know, now even on Facebook, you can click over and do a ha ha um, instead of a thumbs up and do a laugh at something. And I think that that that's still saying something about who you are. Absolutely. Number five, don't self elevate. Don't Mm. sell. Like, obviously there's no doubt that image is a big deal on social media. I mean, I think most people are trying to put their best foot forward on social media. Well, I don't share when we have an argument. Well, let's be honest. We're sharing our best pictures. We're not sharing our worst pictures usually. Just shot a video of Joe and I's argument in the kitchen. No, I know what they mean though, because I think that each person, you know, I think all of us as humans deal with pride and have have to know what's appropriate and not appropriate as far as that goes. And so, um, no, we're not sharing our ugly side, but... <laughs> Well, nobody. We are going to put our best foot forward, but you can do that in a way that. But is. we want to be honest with everything we're doing. But we're not trying to. I think the 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 warning is: don't puff yourself up. Don't make yourself look like something I'm you're not. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah nine twenty three and twenty four says: Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Not let let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this: that he understands and knows me. So really, what are we supposed to boast about? That we know the Lord. Yep. And, and that should ring clear on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, as that's a tough thing to do because there is a brag culture. There is a look at me culture. And, and there is a little bit of this, look what I've been able to accomplish. Look what I've been able to go. Look what I can do. Look mm-hmm. what I can flaunt. 
and social Look media. What I own. Look what I own. Yeah. yeah, I think so. There's as a Christian, be aware of that. Don't don't do but that. That's not saying that. I mean, we're not being critical because I mean, if you're on our social media, you see what we post. But that's we're not saying that you can't post. Hey, check out my you know new air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That's such a weird thing to post, but I'm just saying. Look at the new bumper on my truck. (laughs) Look Look at the wheels. Well, that leads into you know. But I'm saying, like you, there are appropriate ways to be excited and celebrate with me because guess what? I just well, we can share joy. I'm not for sure. I don't have anything wrong with that. I think these are all cautions. This is like, hey, be careful about this because it can, it might, I come back, it could give Christ a black eye. You know, it could make you look pompous or arrogant or holier than that or better than others, which brings us to the sixth thing. They said Christians should stop humble bragging. Oh my word. I can, oh, have we talked about, we probably talked about this one more than just about any of them. What what is humble bragging? And when we were talking about this podcast discussion, I said, wait a second. What about us? Like you have to self-evaluate all the time. Like, is there anything in my life that people could say, well, you do that all the time. And, and I'm not without sin. <laughs> I, so this I'm ar- not without that. This article, cause you may not know what humble bragging is, you know, bragging can be looked down to us like, what? Well, but what's humble bragging? <laughs> well, here are some examples of humble bragging. If you were to post something like this, Oh man, I'm so sore from working out at the gym for two hours every day before work. I'm just so out of shape. <laughs> That's that humble. Your post, right? No, You're reading no one's ever going to accuse. Have you seen me? No one's accusing me of working out for two hours every day. Um, or, you know, we use others to make ourselves look good. Here's another example. I was so encouraged eating dinner with Chris Tomlin last night. So honored to have a good friend like him who remembers nobody's like me. <laughs> Chris, if you don't know who Chris Tomlin, he's probably one of the top Christian worship guys in, on the planet right now. Or, or they say, here's the other thing. Um, we use, we actually use the word humble in our humble brag. Like I am so humbled that my latest YouTube video went viral. Hashtag humbled. <laughs> hashtag blessed. You know, <laughs> it's like, so they're like, hey, be careful. Um, I think at the end of the day, humble brag, um, humble brag, all it's doing is saying, look at me, yeah. look what I've done, yeah. but I'm trying to make it sound. I think you and I have used the phrase um, humbly arrogant. Yes. That's typically where, where not that we sit around social media and analyze what everybody puts, but but as you interact with people, you're like, well, you Man, have that's, to, that's yeah, very you humbly have to, arrogant. You have to self-evaluate. And so the people who just shoot off, you know, something on a, a post on anything, have you thought about it? Do you really know what you're saying here? And is it appropriate? And we, we bounce off each other, you know, hey, what do you think of this post? Read it. Is it going to make Christ look bad? Is it going to make me look bad? You know, stuff like that. So that's, right. that's important. Celebrating, incredible. Let's. I yeah. want. I want social media to celebrate, but uh, it can turn into humble bragging really quick. So you got to just be careful. Here, here's the other thing that goes right along with it. It says number seven in their article: don't spiritual brag. Yeah. Don't spiritual. I just brag. got done with my seven hour Bible study. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I just finished my 468th day in the Bible app. You know, some they give some examples of spiritual bragging. They would say, 
Our budget has been so tight lately, but we are so thankful to have a loving family and a roof over our heads. And, you know, and like, um, there's some other parts to it. Like, um, um, like, Oh, look, the, the Lord has just, I'm trying to give a good example of where somebody said, I've been in Bible study and, yeah. and from that, I'm just so whatever. I, I'm not giving a good example, but there's a spiritual well, brag about, I know what it means. You know, the Bible says, don't, you know, don't pump yourself up more than you should. Don't think of yourself more than you ought to think of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, wow. Look at, look at, can you believe what's been accomplished in ministry and yet so young? You know, it's like spiritual prank. Well, like, and it kind of goes along with number eight to don't brag about your social media fast. Oh yeah. This one, I, I'm going to go on a fast now. And you know, th- this article put words on something that I had thought, but I hadn't really put words on. Like when they said number eight, don't brag about your social media fast. Isn't that so annoying when people go, I'm just coming off my 30 day social media fast. That's why you haven't heard from me. Or, 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 or <laughs> maybe missed me yet. <laughs> this is my last day on social media for the next 14 days. I'm going on a spiritual social media fast. If you need to contact me, uh, text me or email me. And I'm kind of sitting there going, no one's going to contact you. No one cares. I mean, oh, well, that's not, I don't mean like no true, one cares, but, but, but do you have to announce, do you yeah. have, have to exactly. announce that you're going on a social media fast. The and whole you, point of a fast is to not, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the whole point. Well, is like what's just, it say in scripture? Matthew chapter six seventeen says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in uh, father who is in secret and your father who sees it in secret will reward you. Fasting was not supposed to be this obvious thing. Anyway, pet more of a pet peeve of mine than that. But that's one thing that they're suggesting. Christians should stop and announcing your social media fast. Not that we're saying that you shouldn't have a spirit or a social media fast. Um, definitely, but it's the announcing it like, hey, right. FYI, I'm gonna do this. Whether you say it that way or in Joe's voice, which was, I'm going on a spiritual fast. You know what's really interesting? I think that you you need that, but it doesn't necessarily need to be said. Right. I'm gonna reiterate what you just said. It's not that taking the fast is wrong. In fact, I would encourage it. Right. Um, in fact, <laughs> I've thought about it often, like. I'll just shut everything off for six months. And I've talked to a bunch of people who have gone through. Wait, are you, are you? No, I didn't say I'm going to. Are you bragging about your future social media (laughs) fast here? You know, I've been spending so much time in the word. And I, the Lord has spoken to me that I need to get off social media. No, I, um, I think that's good. In fact, every person that I've ever talked to that ever did a social media media fast for any length of time have always come back and said that was a really good thing. Can a I really do it? good thing. Well, it's kind of your job. It'd be really hard for you to do it. <laughs> I've joked about it, but I'm like seriously. I'm like, how do I how do I get out of this part of my job for a while? Number nine, don't act like you have it all together. No, because no one does. Absolutely no one. No, we we share these photos on social media and everybody's smiling and happy. And and I really do think that we, like I mentioned a moment ago, we put what we think, we we what we want people to think, that's what we post. Now whether we admit that or not, but you know, with our social media, we try to promote the church and you know, are we promoting the best sides of the church? You better believe it. 
I mean, are we promoting what we want people to see and, and what we want to encourage people to come and check it out? Absolutely. Well, and we're celebrating what God's doing here and, and asking others to celebrate with us right. that of whether it be spiritual growth, about physical growth, about the different things that God's provided for our church and campuses to grow, um, for sure. And personally, we share a lot of things, obviously, about our boys. I mean, we're, That's we're right, really our proud family. of them. And we're happy with the things that he they've chosen to do and, and be involved with. Yeah. And we want to celebrate them. And, and they feel a little accomplished when we celebrate them in that way. And um, recently, Brock played his cello locally here somewhere. And I sat down and I said, all these people have really been cheering you on. I want to share these really, you know, cool messages and little notes of encouragement to say kudos to Brock. You, you're doing a great job. I, I struggle with that still somewhat because not everybody has that or wants to share that stuff about their kids and each to their own for sure. Because if you don't post anything about your kids, kudos to you. And if you do post about your kids, kudos to you. I mean, it really, it's, it's really personal about what you share, but it is, it's a source of encouragement, I think too, about what we share. You know, lately I've really analyzed the last few weeks of my own social media and I've been kind of caught and Kirsten, I've talked to you about this a little bit. I've been kind of caught in the middle. I want to celebrate the incredible things that God has been doing with our Highlands campus launch. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not making any bones about it. It has gone the way we've wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, but as I've posted pictures of worship services and I've bragged on our church, I'm keenly aware that it can be misinterpreted interpreted by other preachers and friends of mine and others as being braggadocious. And so I'm, I mean, the last thing I ever want is, and I don't feel that in my heart at all about it. I'm excited about what God is doing. I want to share the joy. I want to celebrate. It's coming from a good place, but I can also know that if, if there's somebody who is struggling in ministry right now, things are not going as well. And, and I've been on that side of it too. And there's a, I don't ever, ever want, any of them to feel less than or that. But so that's for me, that's always my rub. So when I'm writing things on social media, Kirsten can tell you, I analyze, I write. That's why I don't post a lot because I. Well, you write it out and then you contemplate it for a long time. But the same thing, like in your sermons, you don't just write something and, and go preach it. You analyze it, you pray over it, you preach it, you say it out loud, you evaluate I it. I want to make that. sure that the glory is going to the right spot. Yeah. And it's tough. And then that sounds holier than thou just saying that. So I'm breaking the own rule. I don't mean it to be the way, but you didn't post on social media. This is true. (laughs) I'm just, we're just posting it on a podcast. Um, This has to do with more discernment issues, but don't blindly trust all Christian sources. I think that's just a general rule. You can't believe everything that you read on social media. You know, my concern is that people get most of their, a lot of people get their Bible study and their Christian theology and stuff from little social media nuggets. Somebody will post a meme, somebody will post this, and that may or may not line up with scripture. And then they turn around and share it. Same thing with number 11, though. Don't blindly share Christian quotes. That's right. I mean. You got to know the source. You got to trust the source. And quite honestly, something may sound good on the surface. But is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? Is it coming from a false teacher? I mean, I could point you. I'm a part of several groups on social media, and all they do is point out false teaching. And it is so clever how it's done. It's so 
hidden sometimes and it's so subtle at times but it may sound great on the surface but what are they really saying and if we're just blindly trusting things so careful on that and then my favorite one don't give in (laughs) to christian peer pressure like like this picture (laughs) and and share with 14 friends so that jesus will love you more (laughs) if you want to go to heaven like and share you know oh I cannot handle those. So please quit sharing them, everyone. Please stop it. So I'll start reading something on social media and it's long. I'm like, wait a minute. And I'll scroll to the bottom. Click and share if you grab. Pass and go. Move. Move on. Um, 13 uh, has to do with just. This is just plain. If you if you love Jesus, 13, don't be mean. Don't be mean. In your comments, in your posts, in anything. Don't be mean. That is not the point of this. I am blown away by how many professing Christians go on social media and they are rude, nasty. They don't sound Christian at all. And sometimes they are promoting a Christian concept in their rudeness. Or they'll be caught. A lot of it is like somebody will post something and they'll they'll comment in disagreement but it's not like saying you know i see it a little bit differently this is kind of my approach to that mm-hmm. they're like how stupid that's an yeah. only an idiot would say that and yeah. and i'm going what you know colossians four and five and six four five six says walk in wisdom towards outsiders make the best use of your time let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person even I mean, on social media even on social media number 14 don't attack people Big one. I mean, that's just, just, you wouldn't attack them physically. You wouldn't attack them in person. Don't attack them on social media. And if you, if, if the words you wrote out come across that way, you've got to erase those and find a different approach. If you feel like you still need to say something. Yeah. Like if you want to comment, say, how could any intelligent person ever (laughs) believe this (laughs) or only a fool would believe this garbage? You know, I, as a follower of Jesus, um, the words that come out of our mouth, you're an ambassador for Christ. You're speaking for the Lord. Um, I think the best way to do that is to ask questions. Are you, are you meaning this? Can I get clarity on that? I'm confused by when you said dot, dot, dot. Or just don't comment at all. Yeah. Cause you're going to keep scrolling. On. I'm, I'm pretty good at scrolling on. I'm just pretty good along. at scrolling on too. Yeah. And then finally, the last one is don't be too proud to apologize, man. In every way, shape, and form. Just if yeah. you do get in one of those dis, you know, those things, and it turns ugly, it's there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I apologize for letting this conversation get so nasty. I've posted something before and then gone back and just erased it because I didn't like how I sounded or how it made me look. Just go erase it and be like, okay, this isn't appropriate. I just need to text you or call you and talk to you directly. So I think in closing, I think. Every Christian just needs to remember the words of Jesus. What did he say in Matthew 5, 16? Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Man, I'll tell you, I think that right there should be, you should tape that to your computer or have that on your home screen of your phone. And that's going to save you from a lot of do nots on social media as a Christian. And I think you're going to shine the light appropriately on, on who Jesus is. Be an encourager. Go out there and share Jesus and uh, and uh, remind people that uh, God loves them in, in what, one way, shape, or form. But um, just remember to be an encourager online. Yep. And if all else fails, funny animal memes always work. 
That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show. 